You're listening to episode 116 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest Peter Freeman. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. My name is Mehrban Iranshad, a former Division I college tennis player. And on the podcast, I interview the world's best tennis coaches, tennis pros and experts to help you improve your tennis game. And today I have an interview for you with Peter Freeman, who is the founder of Crunch Time Coaching. And uh, he is actually one of my best friends in, in the tennis world. And he does a lot of great work with people just like you to help you uh, reach the next level in your tennis games. Uh, a bit of background on Pete. He has coached a uh, wide spectrum of players, including Division One college players, um, state-level and national champions, and he's also been awarded the honor of USTA Georgia Pro of the Year. And Pete creates a lot of uh, fantastic tennis content on YouTube, and he was also a guest on uh, episode 70 of the podcast. He has been coached under Tony Palafox, who was John McEnroe's former coach, and uh, Frank Brennan, who was the former Stanford University coach who won 10 national titles. And uh, Pete has been on three of my summits now. He's been on the Tennis Technique Summit, 2018 Tennis Summit, and on last year's Tennis Summit as well, um, putting out a lot of great content on things like how to hit a monster tops in forehand, uh, slicer strategies, and the top 10 single strategies for 40-plus players. And uh, we also mentioned TennisCon 3, which is an annual online tennis conference with many of the best tennis coaches and names in the business. And this year, his theme is to help you break bad habits. TennisCon 3, it, it is uh, it's similar in that it's kind of like a, a big online tennis conference. It's similar to uh, the Tennis Summit. And I am a big supporter of it because, it, first off, it's just a lot of work that uh, that is put into this type of event. And Pete's event is actually dedicated for tennis players over the age of 50 to help you break bad habits. And, you know, I know a lot of a lot of us, even me being under 50, but a lot of players over 50, they've, they've developed and ingrained bad habits um, in their games. But it's never too late to work on and change and fix bad habits, um, you know, no matter what age you're at. And it'll all be worth it, you know, when you have a much improved game. And through TennisCon 3, you're going to find so many wonderful presentations from many of the best coaches in the world uh, that will help you do just that. So uh, on the show, we talk about uh, different bad habits that tennis players have and the approach that we should take to changing them and also some information on TennisCon 3 so that you can check it out. And actually, if you want to check it out, it'll be you can go to tennisfiles.com slash TennisCon 3. 
So without further ado, I would like to present to you my interview about how to break bad habits with Peter Freeman. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files podcast. It's really an honor and a pleasure to have my good friend, Peter Freeman, on the podcast. Uh, Pete is the founder of Crunch Time Coaching, which is a wonderful site and business devoted to teaching tennis players how to level up their tennis games. And he is also the host of TennisCon. And I'm really excited because TennisCon 3 is almost upon us. And Pete always does just a fantastic job with it. And uh, today we're going to talk to you about uh, how you can break bad habits and uh, about some some great uh, insights that Pete has learned, uh, especially from some of the many coaches uh, on TennisCon 3 and uh, really excited to, to chat with you, Pete. So, Pete, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast and uh, appreciate you being on. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited and I'm, I'm happy you reached out and, and had me come on the show. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, and I've, I've had you on on so many, uh, you know, of my uh, different, I guess, content streams, like whether it be uh, the Tennis Summits or uh, Episode 70, I believe, of the podcast. Uh, it's always a, a pleasure speaking with you, and, and you really are doing just such fantastic work, and uh, I'm happy to call you for sure like one of my uh, best friends who, who are in, you know, the tennis uh, world here. So, um, yeah, to just, just a uh, preliminary question for you, I mean, it's tough to break bad habits, but, uh, you know, some of us have had bad habits in our tennis systems, I guess you can say, for a long time. So, I mean, uh, is it possible to break bad habits even if we had them ingrained in us for, for you know, decades? Well, a- a- absolutely it is. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that it's also becomes like the stakes get higher as we age, um, where, you know, if you're younger and you, you're not eating the best, or maybe you're not exercising the best, you still have youth on your side. And so you are getting away with a lot of stuff where, you know, as you get older, if you want to get better, you, you, you kind of have to be better. And, um, one thing that's kind of been inspirational to me is I've been running these camps. I probably run the most camps I've ever run this, this year, with, with people who are online students and they, and they tend to be more dedicated in my opinion than just people who show up, you know, and, and take like a clinic at a local place because, you know, if they're going to get on a plane and travel to come see you, their, their level of dedication and love for the tennis, is probably a little higher than, than average. And I noticed that also these, these people are over the age of 50, 60, 70, even one guy, I remember 83, I always just kind of shake my head and go, wow, like, that person's like in amazing shape for their age, you know, and then I'm in good shape, but I'm not in great shape. And, and I eat okay, but I don't eat great. I mean, I'm just going to be completely transparent there. And whenever I see some of these people where I'm impressed with who are a little bit further down, down the road than I am. And I'm kind of like, Oh man, I hope I can be like that. I will ask them, well, you know, what do you, what do you eat? And like all the time, it's like, they're so disciplined, they're so regimented uh, and they stretch all the time. And it, they just, they all have really, really good habits. So, you know, that, that's the key. If you want to keep getting better, you kind of have to get tighter with your habits. And, and many of these people didn't start out just always eating great. They, there was some point in their life where they made the decision like, okay, enough's enough. I'm tired of this and I'm making a change. And and that's really what it comes down to. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it really does come down to that dedication, and it's really cool to know that people who are, um, you know, at, at that type of age, you know, they they're still committed, just like if they were a professional athlete, almost. Because I mean, that's what you need if you really want to reach your potential. To keep in mind um, the, the the end goal uh, of what you want to achieve. So, uh, great stuff there, Pete. And I mean, just kind of generally, uh, I was wondering if you could give us an insight into how our approach should be for breaking bad habits. Like how should we go about, you know, say if we find some sort of habit that we have that we know is not good, like how should we approach changing it? Well, I think the most important tool you can use for change is knowing your why. Like why do you want to, why do you want to eat better? Why do you want to get a better serve? You know, it, it, it can't just be, I, I think the more it's just kind of simply laid out for yourself, like, oh, I'd, I'd like to do that one day. It's probably not going to happen. I think it has to be a burning desire. Like, you know, I'm looking in, in the mirror and I absolutely can't take this anymore. I'm going to make a change. I want to lose 15 pounds. Or I've been stuck at 3.5 and I know I've got the waiter tray serve and, and I'm using the wrong grip and I'm just tired of it. And I'm going to go through everything necessary to change because I really want to become a 4.0. I see people who have been at my level 3.5 and then they go up there and they, and they made a commitment to change. I think, I think it's all about you have to really know why you want to do it and then you have to commit to that change and know that just because in your mind you say, okay, I'm going to change, it's just not going to be given to you. You have to work for it. Love that, Pete. And yeah, coincidentally, on my morning run today, I was listening to a podcast episode, uh, Lewis Howes' podcast, I think, uh, School of Greatness. And he was actually interviewing Simon Sinek. And Simon has a TED Talk on finding your why. So I'll link that up actually in the show notes. Um, But I think that might kind of help actually even further illustrate what you're talking about there, Pete. Very cool. I think I might have actually seen that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's really uh, he's really great, Simon Sinek. So, and uh, as well, I mean, I was wondering if you could maybe talk about perhaps like a bad habit that maybe you have been able to change recently, and uh, your experience with that. Well, sure. I actually, um, and it's still a work in progress, but I, I, it's it's definitely gotten better to where. Uh, my forehand, I grew up pretty good junior player and, and a good forehand. And, and, uh, but I did notice that the look of my forehand definitely looked like, you know, more of the modern forehand in, in the late 80s and 90s. And, and, and the forehand has definitely had an evolution. And it seems like everybody's kind of now got that Federer model type looking forehand to where the racket stays on the same side of the body. And, you know, you, you, you do it. A whole bunch of Rick Macyisms, the the pat the dog, the flip, all that kind of stuff. And so, I actually went on my own journey and took a lesson with Rick Macy. Went down to Florida. Uh, none of these were free. I, he charged me five hundred bucks. I then I Rick Macy told me I need to really work on five. Besides the technique he showed me, which he, he made it clear, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do two hundred shadow strokes a day. And I understood exactly what he wanted me to do and what it's supposed to feel like. That was the cool thing. Within that hour, I felt a couple of what was the difference, which I think is so important when you're trying to make a change. 
And he told me I needed to relax. So then I took a lesson with Jeff Greenwald, who's a sports psychologist. Again, I paid him and Mark Kovacs, who's a mm -hmm. biomechanic, and flew out to Jeff Solenstein. It was a really awesome experience. And then after I collected all that information, I knew that it was time to go to work because I just couldn't like, okay, they gave me these amazing lessons. I'm done. It was, okay, this is what they gave me. And now I started to really think about a bunch of drills, like kind of light bulbs were going off. It was very exciting to kind of like have a new project because a bunch of light bulbs were going off in my head every day. Like, oh, to, to do this move, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do practice this drill. And then I even went online and was looking at a bunch of other 4 a.m. videos. And so I kind of made like little things for myself to do. Uh, I started out very simply doing shadow strokes and I was kind of tossing the ball against the wall, hitting it. Then I had the bomb machine feeding slowly to me. Then I had the bomb machine across the net. Then I uh, started to hit with people. And, you know, through each change, there was roadblocks, but I definitely feel the difference. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And so I think it's, I think it's fun to, to accept the challenge and know it's not going to be easy and that you really want to embrace the small victories and, and, and feel the differences of, of what you're trying to achieve. Love that, Pete. Yeah, I mean, that is just the wonderful thing about tennis. There's so many different facets of the game. Like, I mean, just it, taking one part of tennis, a technique, like there's so many different strokes that you can work on. And I don't know, I get it. I get just like you, I get excited, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, today I can really work on uh, on my volley technique or I can work on this part of my serve. And and I really love it. And and you did a wonderful job with that Master Your Forehand Challenge. Uh, or maybe was it Upgrade Your Forehand? Up, yeah, Upgrade Your Forehand. Yeah, it was a lot right. of fun. Yeah, it was great. And I, I definitely highly encourage you all to check out Pete's YouTube channel because he has some videos on that and along with a lot of other awesome videos. Good stuff, Pete. So. I, I I know that um you you have learned as you just mentioned you've learned so much from from other people uh, other great coaches in, in addition to yourself as being a great coach and I was wondering if maybe you could chat about a few you know habits or or habits that we need to break that you might have learned from uh, from the coaches that are going to be on TennisCon three. Yeah, well, we're getting ready to come up with Tennis Con 3, and this year's whole theme is Breaking Bad Habits Over 50. It's completely dedicated to players over the age of 50, and it is with the thought of, you know, a lot of people, and I'm not, I'm not minimizing this or trivializing it, saying it's not any part of it, you know, as far as people think they're losing it because they're getting slower, you're getting older, and, and things like that. Certainly, it can affect performance, but at the same rate, uh, I think also for many people, it's not necessarily that the age thing, but it's their bad habits coming back to, to get them. So, you know, if they were just winning with uh, running balls down and, and not really great technique, well, as you get older, you're not going to be as fast and be able to just win off of muscling the ball and speed. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to win with more skill as far as your technique has to improve, especially if you do desire to go from a 3.5 to a 4.0, especially you know, 50 plus wanting to do that. It's probably going to have to come from improving your technique, improving your strategy, improving your fitness, improving your mental toughness. So that's pretty much the theme of, of tennis con three. And again, when I go through this, I'm always blown away by the videos that come back to me and the quality of them. And I'm always picking up, you know, new things. So, you know, on, on Monday, uh, we got 
um, time value of tennis. These guys are, are great. And I think you had them with uh, mm-hmm. your, your summit as well. I did. Uh, Sergey and Artis. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're working on getting rid of the number one bad serve habit that I think really keeps about 85% of players getting to like that 4-0 plus level to where, you know, it's that waiter tray. So they're, they're going to have a lesson just dedicated to that uh, top tennis train, which I think they have like over 150,000 subscribers on YouTube. They played on the tour a little bit. They've got the top three bad habits. And then we got Scott and Nate from Play Your Court. They're working on return of serve. And, that, and that's just – there's actually more videos on Monday, but that's just a little sampling. And so we go through technique kind of on um, Monday and Tuesday where Monday is serve day. Tuesday's your technique day on all your shots. Um, Brady from Daily Tennis Lesson has has a lesson with, with Sam Query, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Jorge Capistani is, is working with us on the net so we're not overswinging. And then we go into uh, more of the mindset of tennis, uh, and we we kick it off with with Jeff Greenwald, who's one of the best tennis players over fifty, on on how to overcome your your pressure and fear and nerves. So just tons of good stuff in this year's tennis con. That's awesome, uh, Pete. It's it's really exciting, and uh, I mean out of. Out of all those ones, like which, well, was there one habit that you learned about that we need to break that you actually either like you were really surprised about or you thought to yourself like, wow, this is something that I haven't really heard of? Well, you know, I I guess for me, I really enjoyed, I, I think it's more, certainly some learning for sure, but more inspirational. Like like one of the people that I'll just mention three people come to mind right off the top of my head. Number one, we had Kevin O'Neill. And maybe a lot of people don't know who Kevin O'Neill is, but I think everybody knows who's Co- who Coco Goff is, who just won a tournament mm-hmm. yesterday. So congratulations to her. Mm-hmm. Well, she played doubles with Katie McNally. Mm-hmm. And Katie McNally made a bit of a splash at the U.S. Open playing doubles with, with, with Coco. But she also took Serena Williams to three sets. And so we talked about that match specifically and how, I mean, can you imagine us going out for our local matches? And, and I've certainly felt the same way. And you kind of ask yourself, like, why am I feeling so nervous? Like, there's barely anybody here and I can barely breathe, right? Well, this is a 17-year-old going to play Serena Williams, center court, U.S. Open. Obviously, she has no idea how she's going to respond. And, and their whole process is about, you know, how to keep everything fun. So they're, you know, pressure is a privilege, that Billie Jean King statement. And, and just really embracing and enjoying the moment, which is so important. So, I mean, that was kind of an inspiring reminder of, hey, you know, look, if, if, if this girl who's basically decided to forego college and become a pro can go out there and have fun and, and not feel the pressure, I'm sure you feel some pressure, but it's a privilege, but enjoy it, thrive on it, then, then certainly we can learn how to relax and enjoy our league match. Because again, we're not doing this for a living, we're doing this for fun, where, where someone like Katie is now trying to make a living out of it. And then another inspirational um, one was was the fitness day where uh, it was awesome. Tom Avery, who is 70 years old, so much energy. He went out there and he did a stretching routine, which was, I got to say, again, completely transparent. The guy at 70 is way more flexible than I am at 46. <laughs> He did fitness, f- fitness footwork drills that he showed us, 
And then he went in the kitchen and he showed us what he, what he eats every day. <laughs> and, and so that just kind of shows me the level of commitment that, that so many people have that, again, I, I got to strive to, to even do better than I'm doing. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Yeah, this is very inspirational, Pete. And uh, kind of on the mental side, I th- obviously it's so important and a lot of people aren't really optimizing that area in their tennis and don't really uh, work on it. What's maybe like one big bad habit, I guess, to say uh, that, that people need to break that you find people are, are doing uh, it with respect to their mental game during their matches or practices? Well, I think a lot of it on the mental side is not even necessarily, you know, it, it's it's more about acknowledging that pressure is there and that there's nothing wrong with you. You know, like I think so many of us want to kind of like duck it away and avoid it. And the more you try and avoid it, the more you feel it. And the more you take it personally that it's like something wrong with you and it's your fault, the more it just keeps creeping up on you and, and can be overwhelming to where as I'm interviewing all these people, they're saying, look, the pressure is there. You got to learn how to deal with it, embrace it, enjoy it, enjoy the challenge. And that's really what I enjoyed out of the talk. And probably the biggest thing I've been working on is I really like Jeff Greenwald's approach to making it a physical thing too, that working with tensions and being aware with tensions and, and, and always working consistently working with tension in practice too. Like going out there, which which a lot of people that I've shown this to, either they love it or they kind of look at me like, that doesn't make any sense to me, but it makes perfect sense to me. When Jeff Greenwald's saying, look, we know we don't want to hold the racket super tight and be in a death grip. That's a sign that we are tight and nervous. But when you go practice, I actually want you to hold the racket at 10 and, and, and hit for a while at a 10, meaning like you're holding in a death grip and see what that feels like. And then try it at an eight and a six and a five and a four and a three, all the way down to a one where you feel like the racket's almost going to fall out of your hand. Joe Dinnifer did something like that also with Tennis Con this year, you know, working with the tensions and he's a master pro, one of the few in the world. And so I, I'm realizing that how important that is to – you know, because when you go out there and practice and you feel loosey-goosey and you're not tight, and then all of a sudden you tighten up, well, you start to freak out. Mm-hmm. But if you are constantly working with your tensions, you can kind of be more aware of, of your body and what's going on. You can kind of go, oh, okay, here I go. I'm getting tight. You know, that's okay. That's normal. You know, let me see if I can drop down a couple of notches and, and get myself from an A to a six. And, and even before the point starts, tensing your whole body up and tightening it up and locking it in, and then just relaxing with a deep breath and feeling all the tension go out. I think that's one of the best exercises people can do. Yeah, that's a really great technique. And uh, yeah, Jeff definitely does a lot of great work. And it's very interesting, you know, you you think of uh, the mental game as being in the mind, but Jeff is able to bring out um, really physical techniques that 
kind of that help you know, in the mental game. And yeah, as far as being nervous, I mean, it's every like you said, you just have to accept that that's part of the game. I mean, I remember, especially when I was a junior, I I would just get so nervous that oh, I'm I'm playing somebody that I that I know, and you know, what will people think if I lose to them, and this and that. And you know, as I've gotten older, I've just been able to be better about just thinking about like just the strategies that I need to work on and implement to, to win in matches instead of worrying about all the extraneous stuff. So, um, yeah, that's a uh, great lessons, uh, there as well. I think one, one habit that I've struggled with is leaving enough time for myself to actually have a, a proper dynamic warm up uh, before matches. And can you, do you think you could kind of speak to that? Like how important that might be for us uh, in order to, to be successful? Well, I think that's that's huge. We had on this uh, again tennis con. We have um, Nathan Martin and, and Giselle, his wife, with Tennis Fitness. Who they they are great. You should look them up for your next tennis summit. I don't know if you you've ever talked to them, but they're from Australia and they've worked with Hewitt and they've worked with uh, Martina Navratilova and Stam Stoser and a, a whole host of pros. But they've got this whole thing on on fitness over fifty and. And this whole warm-up routine, and um, what I love about it is that the exercises are simple. I was actually doing some this morning, and a lot of it is also using band work. And I noticed uh, I've just bought a Tom Brady book, and he's talking about how he stays fitter, and he says he's fitter and faster at 42 than he was at 22. Mm -hmm. And so they talk about how it's this lengthening and softening of muscles. How how they're doing it completely different than when I was growing up and getting in a gym class and basically like getting you being completely cold and sitting on the floor and trying to reach and touch your toes and and things like that. I mean, the warmups have changed so much, and and it actually, as you start to do the warmups, you start to just start to feel loose and light and quick, and uh, so it's so important to take that time for yourself to go out there because. Again, if, if you're just sitting there and then all of a sudden it's time to go on the court and your muscles are tight and they're not loose, then all of a sudden you start to feel like, oh, I'm not, I'm not prepared for this right now. And so you get even more nervous because you're like, well, what am I going to be when the first point starts? Am I going to run for the ball? You know, how's my arm going to feel when I go to take that first serve? Like it's just not enough time to go out there and hit a couple balls with your opponents uh, coming off completely cold, maybe after eating like a chicken wing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It, it, it's funny you mentioned Tom Brady. I was at a, a racket fit seminar several months ago and uh, the instructor there, I can't remember if it was Greg or um, uh, Sean, Dr. Sean Drake, but I think it might've been Sean. And he, w he was showing us this uh, shoulder warm up that Tom Brady does, I guess that his coach created. And it was just amazing. It was something that I'd never done before. And it was... Uh, Definitely not your your normal static stretch, but it definitely made me feel way more flexible. And uh, so there's a lot of amazing new information out there. And definitely uh, I'll link to that book as well in the show notes. So good to hear about that. Um, Pete, you mentioned uh, uh, so far mostly about like mental and, and, and uh, technical and fitness. And I, I, do you also um, have some stuff on... Uh, like a uh, strategy and if so maybe if you could tell us about maybe like one or two uh, bad habits in regards to strategy that we may be making that we need to fix yeah well i'm just going to go through some people we're going to have for a strategy which is awesome we have john newcomb who's amazing 24 grand slam title holder 
Uh, we're going to Kevin O'Neill is part of that. Um, and then we have Will Hamilton, Essential Tennis. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, what I'm really liking is that with the strategy, it's, it's preparing and working on, on plays, which is, which is so great. Again, I think it, it helps us feel more secure if we, we kind of go, okay, this is what I'm going to try and run right now. And, and if I'm playing a certain type of player, this is the way I play them. And, and more, the whole strategy that Eric, we have Gigi Fernandez as well, the whole strategy section, you're realizing that these coaches and players, certainly they're playing their game, right? You want to lead with your game, but, but they're, they're going one step deeper than that. They're, they're thinking across the other side of the net and they're, they're thinking about how can I give my opponent a ball that they don't want to hit rather than thinking, you know, so many of us go into a match is hoping that we hit well and we, and we feel good. And if that feeling's not there, then we all, all of a sudden feel like, Oh, life support. Like I'm screwed. I can't, I don't feel the ball today. I probably can't win. Where if, if, if it's more about how to make your opponent feel more uncomfortable and knowing the spots of the courts to hit to, that just opens up a whole world for you. And you don't have to just be so nervous and wondering if you're going to play great that day. And that's going to determine if you're going to win or lose a match. Yeah, for sure, Pete. I love that. I mean, definitely, you know, if you come in with a strategy and you're prepared, you're going to feel a lot more confident about your chances and uh, then you'll be focusing on executing instead of thinking about other things that aren't really productive. Um, that's great stuff. And yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, I, I, Will Hamilton from Fuzzy Yellow Balls is a good friend of mine as well. And we hit often, uh, he's a few miles away from me and, you know, he'll, after one, you know, a point, like usually that, you know, if he wins it, he'll like shout out like the name of, name of a play, uh, from his playbook and I'll just kind of roll my eyes, but no, it's, it's actually, uh, it's actually great, uh, great stuff there with the strategy. Oh my God, you got to get that on film. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's sometimes it's annoying, but no, I, it, I like it. He'll, he'll be like, oh, the newt. But anyway, uh, good stuff, Pete. Thank you for that. And I was wondering, uh, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to be tuning in, of course, and supporting it. And also, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, having me on as, as one of the presentations. Uh, you know, it's always an honor. Um, but I was wondering if you could, Give us uh, some more info, such as, uh, first off, I mean, you went into it a little bit, but, like, what is the format in terms of, like, how many days and, like, and the length of the sessions and whatnot? Oh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to kick it off Sunday night with the, I came up with, I, I don't know out there, you know, how into tennis everybody is, but, but my friend is Matt Bradshaw from Coffee Break Tennis. It was a great show you have to watch on YouTube. So we're driving out to Newcomb's Ranch this Thursday, and we're going to kick it off Sunday night with Grand Slam Trivia. And so we're going to have a live broadcast where everybody can join, and we're going to ask you guys questions on the professional tour, men and women. We're going to ask you questions on, like, the legends of the game and also many of the online instructors who you guys know and love. Like, there's probably going to be a question about the tennis files in there. Uh So... (laughs) And and if you if you have the most points at the end of the night, you win that Grand Slam. So you have won the Australian Open, and we have, uh, as far as like the the cash value of it, you're going to be winning different things. But it's every night's over two hundred fifty dollar value if you win. And on Tuesday night, we're going to hold the French Open, 
And Babolat is going to be giving away a Rafa Rackets authenticated and signed and a bag, which is pretty awesome. And then throughout the week, we start on Monday as far as getting better at tennis. Monday is going to be breaking your bad serve habits. Tuesday is going to be on overall technique, breaking bad technique. Wednesday is going to be on your uh, mental game. Thursday is going to be on your strategy game. And Friday is going to be on fitness. Wow. That's awesome, man. I, I can't wait for all that. And so when you say Sunday, that's going to be Sunday, October 20th, right? October 20th. Yeah, most likely we'll probably have the game start uh, around, I'm guessing, either 8 or 9 East Coast time. And people, when they get their free ticket and sign up, um, They'll be able to get emails and we'll notify them exactly when the game is going to be starting, how to the link to join us live at. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. That's, that's going to be great. I, I can't wait for that. And uh, as far as um, TennisCon 3, I mean, are, are we going to be able to watch all the presentations uh, for free or, or is, is that like some is that crazy? No, it's. It's just like you do it. You know, everybody gets uh, 48 hours free access. So you you get to watch it and enjoy it. And then for people who want to own it for life, which, again, I, I think it's a no-brainer to kind of want to own it for life. You're going to get a lot out of it. You just watch the 48 hours. But, you know, when I did my own, it kind of really showed me the value of online instruction when I went through my own challenge with my forehand is I must have watched the Rick Macy video, Jeff video, Mark video, and listened to Jeff Greenwald about the mental thing over 100 times. And each time I learned something new, and it gave me an idea of what I wanted to go work on the next day. And so if you, if you want to own it for life, you can also get a lifetime access pass and own all this for, for life. So, I mean, anytime you know, Maribond's coming out with his tennis summit – or I'm coming out with TennisCon, you're collecting like the ultimate training library. You're getting literally the best coaching in the world on the different topics. And each day has a different theme. So as you go back year after year, you're never going to run out of ideas when it comes how to fix your serve, how to fix your forehand, your your, your strategy, your mental or, or physical fitness things that you can be doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just like pretty much, you know, uh, your library of books, you know, like you refer if you're having trouble on uh, – on a certain stroke, you know that you have that, that those resources that you can go back to. And it's just uh, really, I mean, you're getting so many lessons for like price of lesson one tennis lesson, basically. So it's definitely a, a great value. And uh, we'll definitely link up to it uh, in the show notes. And you can go to tennisfiles.com slash tenniscon3, uh, the number three, um, to check it all out. And uh, yeah, Pete, I mean, is anything else that you uh, want us to know about uh, tenniscon3? Well, no, that that's basically it. Other than this, it's going to be a great time. Um, we are going out to Newcomb's Ranch, so we're also going to be filming lessons there. Like last year, we got a, a live lesson with Mark Philippousis on the serve. We're going to get an exclusive interview with, with John Newcomb this year. Um, and you just never know what's going to happen out at that ranch. It's, it's swarming with legends of the game. And also passionate players over the age of 50 are out there, too, competing for the legends. So that's a nice other bonus of tennis con. And 
I, I just hope everybody enjoys it as much as I like making it because it's it's just a fun experience, something I look forward to all year long. For sure. I mean, you know, first off, uh, just incredible, like huge kudos to you because, uh, you know, I, I don't think everybody realizes how much time and effort, uh, you know, is put into something like this where you have uh, Pete who's who's basically arranging for like 30 some or so, you know, um, uh, great coaches to give their inputs through through uh, video lessons uh, for this event. And then also, in addition to that, hosting all of these really cool uh, events where you get to interact um, with him and, and the coaches and and uh, also like just the whole Newcomb Ranch aspect. It's a very unique event and free on top of that. So, I mean, honestly, if you're serious about improving your game, then you, you must attend, I think, because there's just so much free information that could make a huge difference uh, in your game. And then also, you you know, you have the option, of course, to get that library uh, to invest in that um, through the past. So, Pete, uh, really appreciate your time and, and efforts, and you're doing a great job. You're doing such great things for tennis. And I was wondering if we could just uh, end it with my classic question on all the my podcast episodes, which is, uh, what is one uh, key tip you can give us to help us improve our tennis games? One key tip is never stop learning. Mm-hmm. You know, when you stop, when you stop being eager to learn and grow, uh, the game will start to become boring to you. Yes, those that's that's wise words. And like I said, you know, there's so many different ways to learn. I mean, and as you've talked about with me, Pete, I mean, even. Uh, Rafa and Federer and Djokovic, you know, with all that they, they've played all those years and, and all the pinnacles they've reached, they still are finding ways to improve. So if they can find ways to improve, we certainly can. Pete, best wishes for TennisCon 3. I'll be there. And I know that um, the Tennis Files community will be supporting you as well. And like I said, uh, you guys should all go to TennisFiles.com slash TennisCon3 to check out TennisCon3. So uh, thanks, Pete. Really great to have you on and to chat with you. And I'm sure we'll, we'll chat again soon. And hopefully I'll, I'll meet up with you in person soon. Okay. Sounds great, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. All right. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Peter Freeman from Crunch Time Coaching. And as I mentioned, as we mentioned, I really highly encourage you to check out TennisCon 3. And you can do that by going to TennisFiles.com slash TennisCon 3. And, uh, of course, you'd want to visit this um, URL, ideally, uh, within uh, the next, I would say, a week or two at the most. Um, while the event is going on, uh, and it starts on October 20th, so of 2019, for those of you way off in the future. <laughs> um, but regardless, you know, when you listen to this, I hope that this this episode gave you some good insights into some of the bad habits that uh, that amateur players have and that they need to fix and how you may be able to go about doing that. And I hope it inspired you no matter what age you are to do just that. So thanks again to Peter Freeman for coming on to the podcast in what is a very busy week for him preparing for TennisCon 3. And I uh, also would appreciate it if you could uh, subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. So really simple, just hit the subscribe button and that would uh, deliver the episodes straight to your device of choice to listen to the show as, as soon as I hit the publish button on my end. And uh, also, 
I'd like to leave you with a quote, as I often like to do at the end of the show. And I could not find the source of this quote, so we'll call him or her anonymous. But the quote is, Most people quit because they look how far they have to go, not how far they have come. And this is very relevant to breaking habits, too, because sometimes we work at it, we put a lot of work in, and then... You know, all of a sudden, maybe we don't get the immediate result we want and we quit, but we forget to realize how far we've actually come. Not, you know, and instead we think about, oh, I guess we have a lot, long ways to go or we'll never get to where we want to be. Um, but, you know, when you feel like stopping, you, you also want to remember how much work you've put in. And a lot of times we, we unknowingly stop you know, at the moment right before we're going to have a breakthrough. So that's another thing to keep in mind there. All right. Well, with that, I really appreciate you tuning in this week. And I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.